Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast, brought to you as ever by Lead Forensics. I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is another from our new webinar series, B2B Superpowers, and this one is all about using AI to tackle time terror and boost productivity. For this, I was joined by Oliver Yonchev, CEO of Flight Story, and Rory Flynn, Head of Client Acquisition at Commerce 12. I was super excited to get the opportunity to chat to these two guys, and they offer up loads of insight into using AI tools to help your productivity. So, without further ado... Here is Oliver Yonchev and Rory Flynn on using AI to tackle time terror and boost productivity. So let's introduce our B2B supervillain, shall we? Time terror possesses the power to manipulate the clock, stretching minutes into hours with tedious manual marketing processes. It thrives on causing businesses to lose valuable time that could be far better spent on strategic initiatives. But fear not, for our B2B superpowers webinar is here to equip you with the AI skills to with the AI skills to defeat the time terror and supercharge your productivity. So, gentlemen, every superhero has an origin story. How did you first discover the power of AI in your marketing journey and what made it stand out as a weapon against time terror? Uh, Should we start with you, Oliver? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to start by saying there's AI feels like something that is new, Um, but it's not. It's already, I, I run a marketing and communication business and AI has been powering our lives for, you know, well over a decade. Your social media feed is different to my social media feed. That's an AI algorithm. When you go onto Amazon, the products that you see are different to what mm-hmm. I see. And the ad industry as a whole has used automation to rationalize really large data sets and make sense of it. So AI is not new, but what we are moving into is for the last decade, we've had a period of uh, AI being used to automate and curate experiences. And when we think of our online lives, you know, that's our social feed, website, you know, marketplaces, et cetera. Um, but we are moving from just curation to an era of creation. It's a generative era where there are a whole host of new possibilities that was really sort of brought into public consciousness through the success of chat GPT. I think every uh, you know professional services person looked at that and went, fuck, am I going to be unemployed? What's going to happen? And a lot of smart people went, oh, great. Like, I don't need to do homework anymore. This is going to make my job easier. So there's a lot of confusion. But one thing I want to say, AI is not new. Um, it has been saving us time, money, helping us do new things for a long time. Um, but what it new is these new generative applications that are really, really profound. I'm excited to dive in. Well, I mean, I think that feels like a, a completely natural segue then into uh, to Rory. So tell us about uh, how did you first discover the, the power of AI for your marketing? Yeah, man, I think dovetailing off of what Oliver just said, like ChatGPT Trojan, of course, to like kind of inject this into everyone's end. Honestly, I wish it was a really cool story, but it was me late night scrolling on Twitter and... Uh, I saw people producing some wild stuff and I was like, what is this? You know, basically it was all images of like futuristic kind of stuff. And then there was Finn as a 80s sitcom star. And I'm like, how are they doing this? I said, that's what I can do this. You know, it's late night. Like, let me dump in here and see what I can do. You know, naturally you go through all the, the, the progressions of the futuristic this and that. And, you know, then you look at like create some aliens. Ooh, this is all but then it was, it quickly hit me. I'm like, how can I use that? Can I use this now? Because, you know, well, we're a 
a digital marketing agency, but essentially we focus the majority of our efforts on email and we have 90 clients and you know, looking at that, we do probably around 10 emails per client. So at the end of the day, we have 900 emails that we need to get out the door every single, every single month. A lot of, at the end of the day, like brands can't necessarily, and the brands that we're working with, they're not necessarily, um, you know, in that standpoint, but we need to get used to, we need to get it out there. So, so at hmm. the end of the day, it's like, how can we use this just to supplement what we're doing and we free up our designers time? Can we build assets with this? You know, that was just the, again, the Trojan horse into our business. Then it, what else can we, you know, so I think it's start brick by brick, understand how you can utilize AI because possibilities end up being limitless, getting like one single use case study that works. And then from there, like, okay, let's just put it into here. Let's see how this works. Let's try this. And it's led to a lot of improvements in the, you know, not just the production quality, but the operational quality, you know, of our, of our structure and our business. So that was a yeah. little bit more. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point from, from Rory there, that, that point around, you know, just leaning in and trying most people, you know, all of these applications are quite nascent. So, you know, we're discovering new user cases or ways to introduce applications into our workflow all the time, but it often just starts with trying. I think one of the things that stops people is it's a confusing place where burden mm -hmm. choice, there's a million different applications that claim to do the same thing, whether that's you know, note taking off the back of a call or summarizing your notes all the way through to we will save this podcast editor a ton of time by condensed auto shorting video. So there's a ton of things, but um, what I will say that I'm really enthused by is because so many people are building in the space, um, every three months, like every month that goes by, there are a whole host of new things to talk. So if you're enthused, if you try, you really are at the forefront of opportunity. If you if you dive in today, absolutely. So what um you mentioned there that there's there's you know hundreds of different uh, tools that you can you can leverage to for uh, to help your marketing efforts. What which AI tools and platforms have you used particularly? I mean, we've mentioned ChatGPT and obviously Rory. You know, you're you're a master of Midjourney. So let's explore what what other programs that we're we're using. Yeah. I think that there are, there are so many, right? The way that I, we tend to bucket platforms into a few areas, what can make us a little more productive? So mm. what doing that could be automated? Great example. Um, uh, a great example is after a call, how many times do you have to write up notes? If you using a multitude and there are many of them, copy AI and beyond. Um, if you, uh, use these tools, you can probably save five, 10% of your day. And this is probably universal across marketing teams. So that's one. You then look at creative. So we look at new creative possibilities, mid journey, runway. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, auto cap. There are just so many different tools that help you. Um, and they're all different user cases. The great thing now, most of the barrier to enter to create new things has been lowered significantly through chatbot interfaces. Previously, you had to, to do any kind of creative on an executional level. You had to have a deep, nuanced understanding of Adobe and a whole suite of tools. That's no longer the case. You can have an idea. You can, you know, take inspiration and you can create things. So I think we look at creative art. And then the final piece then that we look at is insight. 
where can we derive? Because usually in a marketing function, you're so interdependent on different stakeholders, meaning we would go to an insight team or a strategy team to derive insights that then would form ideas that end up being part of a marketing plan. Mm. Uh, what you can do now is you can derive really rich insights and rationalize huge data sets very quickly at a touch of a button, right? Looking for unique insights. You know, you can categorize TikTok videos, go the top 100 in my category, um, tell me something unexpected or tell me something that is a common theme between the top 100 videos that create, that are around plant pots. I sell plant pots. You name it, pick anything. I think uh, across the board, our, our advice is try new things and also um, uh, try and distill down and, and find something that isn't introducing something you're not already doing, but just helping level up or reduce time spent on the tasks that you're already conducting. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And uh, just on the, the creative side, the, the piece that I use uh, more often than other than ChatGPT, that's the one that I, I use pretty much every day just to help me out with the, the administrative thing, bits and pieces there. Um, there's a an amazing uh, video editing program called Descript, which I don't know if you've heard of it, but it uh, you're you're nodding there, Roy. So I imagine you're familiar with this. But it it's a, a video editor's dream because you, you dump in your video, it transcribes it, and then you can edit it using the Word document. It's a fantastic, fantastic bit of kit. That's a recommendation from me, anyway. Um, Rory, for for marketers just beginning with AI, what's a practical first step or tool that they can implement to see an immediate win in productivity? Sure. Like, I, you know, there's there's really simple problems that, you know, we try to fix consistently, right? Like it doesn't have to, you don't have to come in and solve like this overarching massive problem. Like sometimes it's just as little things like Oliver said, like call recording. Like we use, for me, Fireflies, basically the same exact thing as a lot of those others out there, Otter, um, you know, a number of them. They're like, it, it solves such a simple problem for me. I suck at taking notes. I spend most of my day on the phone. Right. Like all I do is all I do is talk to people. I'm I'm selling. I'm selling all day. Now, if I want to have like an actual conversation with a human being, to me, I need to be engaged. I can't be taking notes. I can't be typing like that. Just to me, I'm not going to be in the mode. I'm not going to be in the conversation. So simple thing like that, where Fireflies, it will record your call and it will send you the recording. It'll also transcribe it. And then you can also have further data points from that, which I love, which is basically taking the tone analysis of it and seeing where there was positive feedback, where there was negative feedback, where it was neutral. And then also um, basically where they can filter out where the questions were or the action items or the dates were mentioned. So for me, typically I'll take that and oftentimes we're zapping that into Monday or one of our other CRMs. And not only do I have it now, now the team has access to it. So if I'm gone, Right. Like now it's not like, you know, someone has to step in for me and be like, how, where did that conversation go? Do I have to call Rory on vacation? It's like, no, you have access to it now. <laughs> so things like that too helps super, super helpful with like our account managers. Um, you know, when they are talking to a client, they're talking consistently. Right. Now we have all the recordings, their database into one place. But you know, me, I'm always like one of those people that here's a simple function. Can I push it further? Right. So I would take something like my call logs from, uh, from Fireflies and then run it through ChatGPT depending on what I'm looking for. So are there places where, you know, there was a sense of, you know, negativity, right? Like where, mm. where was that? How did it, you know, what were the questions? Why did you assess that as negative, essentially? And then I can take data points from that and reformat 
kind of how I'm doing my pitches. So from an overall standpoint, now I have somewhat of tangible, like almost objective data. I wouldn't say it's like I'm going to use it word for word, but I have a different perspective on it. You know, sure. so something like that simple, like that as a salesperson who might be like, I don't use, I don't write a lot of copy. I don't create a lot of images. I don't need like all these predictive AI tools. Like you can take a call recording and you can also learn from it because you know, it's like watching game film if you play sports, right? Like, okay, now this is where I screwed up. This is where I did really good. Let's operationalize this and turn it into a process. So that if that's a, that would, to me, would be a very simple way. Um, but it's very, you know, it's just, a, it's conceptualizing it, right? Like conceptualizing where the issues are and then what you can push it to. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose then also you've got a, a case there that, you know, that's suddenly there's a training application that you've got yep. all these resources of things that you can then level up your sales team with as well. So, you know, it's not just marketers that have all the fun, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you, so, I mean, one of the superpowers in AI is it's becoming prompt engineering. Um, what should marketers be aware of when coming up with prompts for different AI tools? And what are your go-to prompts or even workflows? Oliver, we'll start with you on that one. Yeah, it's really, really interesting prompts because, you know, often our, our LinkedIn feeds are flooded with these end-state products. You know, you see creative that looks incredible and then you get on there and go, why is it not doing this? That's <laughs> good, but it does require a level of understanding. And if there's one thing that we're all guilty of, we don't always know what we're asking for, right? No. I think a really good prompt does two things. It's very explicit in the ask. I think it draws from very clear inspiration in terms of you ask if you want a certain tonality. What's really interesting is you can train models to sound like you, your sales team, et cetera, over time. But even just starting with the basics at an aspirational level, who do you like as a writer in terms mm -hmm. of their style? And, and saying, I would like X in the style of, and then, you know, you can build from there. So I think it's, it's a case of, and, and my, my advice is always just play. Start playing its case. It's fascinating how quickly you can become quite proficient. Um, when you get into somewhere that Rory's really familiar with, like mid journey, understanding parameters, and actually you need a real understanding of creative and design to actually get the best outcomes. Mm. Doesn't mean you can't use it, but there are varying degrees of, um, there are varying degrees of skills that are required depending on the platform you're using. And it usually starts with a, an understanding of the ads. Mm. Absolutely. It's, it's funny you mentioned sort of um, playing and using in the style of because, you know, this quite apart from marketing efforts that we we're putting through. Um, I was bored one night on the sofa. The wife was watching Love Island and I thought, oh, I wonder what happened. So I put in chat GPT, please write an episode of Love Island in the style of David Lynch. And let me <laughs> tell you, that was a very entertaining result. There was a lot of people saying, Oh, well, I don't know if he fancies me, but then, and then stares off at the moon in existential crisis. That was, that was quite good fun. So I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed doing that one. Um, Rory, your thoughts are on prompt engineering. Have you got any go to prompts or workflows? Yeah. I mean, look, I think what Oliver said about the parameters in mid journey, and I'll isolate that specifically because that's to me, I get a lot of questions, right? Like I do a lot of content on LinkedIn on how I'm getting to these different end products. But at the end of the day, the only reason I know the, how to get there is because I know the tool intimately. So because I play around on it, because I use it not only as a, you know, a creative generator, but I use it as like a, as like a creative outlet for myself. Even when I just want to think something up, like it's just like, okay. Or if I'm trying to explain something to someone and like they're not understanding it, like let me just type it in here and then like, here you go. This is what exactly what I'm talking about. So 
like knowing the tools intimately, like knowing how they work, knowing how they function can get you to the end result quicker. But typically, I just like to think about telling it a story. You know, like mm. when you're a good storyteller in general, like you're sitting around with your friends, right? Like when you say like, okay, the guy got into the car, you know, like that, that just very bland and ambiguous and your mind runs. But if it's like an elderly man getting into the car at sunset and, you know, there's a, there's a light flashing in the background and it's okay. Now you're painting like a picture, right? Like that might not be the best example, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is the better you explain to these platforms, what exactly you're looking for, the better your output's going to be. So like clear me, I always use like just this like stupid, simple formula, clear and concise input equals clear and concise output ambiguous input equals ambiguous output like that's what you're going to get same with all those tools so i mean you can push it too because i like to build formulas you know for myself like it takes a lot of r&d you're looking at different you know looking at different things like for specific like we'll talk about i mid journey for one second here it's when i look at if i want a photographic style like image output I'm going to use photographic elements in the prompt. So I want a subject. I want a light source. I want a type of camera. I want a type of, you know, depth of field. So what a professional photographer would use or how they would think. Now I can structure my prompts like that. And mm. if you have a basic set of, you know, uh, like a formula in that sense, it's just filling in the blanks every single time. And then you can push it further. You can train ChatGPT to do it for you and spit it out the way you like and give you different options. And now you're prompting at scale. So again, there's a, it's just, I think it's a lot of time just conceptualizing exactly what you're looking for, refining it, and then iterating on it. Um, that's not too verbose. No, absolutely. It was wonderful. No, you're, you're absolutely right about the, it being clear and concise. That's, that's the key element. I hadn't even considered you could put, you know, the idea of you could say what kind of camera you even wanted if you wanted, like, you know, 16 millimeter, if you wanted DSLR yeah. or anything like that. So no, that's, that's, that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And, um, it, it's incredible. The, the time that it saves, that's, that's the key thing that I think leveraging AI really, really offers us is because if you, like you mentioned, Ray, if you challenge a designer saying, I want it to look like this in this specific way, and they didn't have AI, do you know what I mean? It would suddenly, yeah. it would take them so much longer. So what, what are some of the most, um, what are some of the most promising, uh, AI technologies that are expected to revolutionize marketing in the near future? Do you think Oliver, we'll come back to you on that one. Yeah, there are so many, and and I'll I'll give you a few user cases how our creative departments use use these even in our sales process. So, um, some of the stuff we're really interested in uh, take you know you're doing a client pitch, um, you want to showcase something, the ability to pair their brand with that, an iconic brand like a Nike. What does X brand look like on a pair of sneakers? That's sort of a custom, uh, you know, presentation slide. And it really sort of aids your sales process. Across the board, then, we've been um, looking at internal CRM systems. So our organization now, we've, we operate across quite a few territories. Um, and one of the things that we play with is the platform called Chatbase. Um, and effectively, within three minutes, and I, I do not have three minutes, you can have a custom CRM based on a multitude of data points. So you can insert your credentials, website. You can insert custom lists of data and then suddenly you have a chat interface that is bespoke to your organization. If you said, when was the last time we worked with this? Give me a case study when in this uh, field, et cetera, et cetera. You can go for days and days around this. So we've been playing a lot with kind of automating um, 
knowledge and sources within our internal organization. We play a lot with creativity and how do we enable teams to have more creative bespoke solutions in our sales process. And then one of the probably most fascinating spaces for us is being in post-production. We do a lot of creative and, you know, if you get that shot wrong, now at a touch of a button, you can reframe it and reframe it in Adobe in a way that's like miraculous. You know, post-production, if we don't get the exact line right, we can synthesize someone's voice and make sure that we get the correct line. You can go one step further um, and talk about if you operate across multiple territories now at a click of a button, you can translate text and audio and completely synthesize in the tone of the original speaker. So in the creative process, it really is, and that's in that's today. And the thing I always encourage about people when they're kind of testing and playing with products is just remember that this is the worst it's ever going to be. It's like really, it's humbling when you use some of these tools and go, wow, I'm not a designer, but that's incredible. Um, so I, I think as a consequence of the barrier being lowered, um, I think it's, there was a quote I loved from, I think it was the Essential Song Executive Creative Director, and he said, um, mediocrity is now free to everyone. Humans have to step up. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of enlightening. It feels where we're at today in terms of the current generative AI landscape. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Rory, uh, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, man, there's a, there's a lot. I think, uh, you know, Oliver unpacked a lot of good stuff again there. I think, look, for, for me and one of the businesses that I work into and I consult with, they are effectively like a, a management consulting company for boutique fitness studios, right? So we're helping yoga studios, we're helping bar studios, Pilates, things like that. But effectively, it's to help these people uh, scale their business. So at the end of the day, we have 200 clients. And 200 clients, a million different data points coming in on every little intricacy of their business. So like we look at things like problem solving. Is it, if, am I there yet and figuring the entire system of it out yet? No. Is there someone that can probably do it out there? Yes. Pulling all this data into one custom AI train model where now the CEO of our company can look and say, you know, here's effectively all of the data and where it's coming from, where the issues are, you know, what is not working, you know, based on the client feedback effectively from the data and then you can make decisions on the model of the business itself so then that's you know not just helping one client individually that's helping the entirety of the business scale so i'm really excited about things like that um you know tools like bot press um you know things of that nature but i also look at you know a few other ways that we can be you know that i think is going to really help in the agency world i talk about this in, in my scope as well on my other you know my other role is you know, the the client approval process is a is like pulling teeth. We we all know it. We all we've all been there if you've worked in the agency world. You know, little intricacy details back and forth. Subjectivity is just like it runs through. Has to go through fifteen people. Everyone's got an opinion. Now, there's no way to know when we put something out into the market without you know relatively good data what it's gonna how it's gonna perform. But there's tools like now like Predict AI, right? Like the, th the biggest thing I see in creative is there's like, a, again, there is this subjectivity standpoint to it. Like, oh, this looks okay. Can you change this? I don't like this. Well, the reason you don't like it is because that's subjective, right? It's not because the audience won't like it. So something like Predict AI, which is like a visual heat map for certain, uh, you know, certain types of creative, 
Now you have an AI analysis of where, you know, people's eyes are going to be drawn to. Is this optimized visually? So now this, again, can trim the revision process and trim that time significantly because that's where agencies, to me, lose all of their time and money is just back and forth, back and forth, call for this, call for that, right? We all know it. Everyone, everyone who's listening here and has worked in an agency is just like, yeah, I, I hate that. If you don't, good for you. I don't know how to, how else to, uh, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. But tools like that, to me, if that can trim one round of revision off of every client, off of every piece of creative, that's days, that's weeks, maybe back mm-hmm. in the, you know, to put back into the creative process and development. So certain things like that. I mean, it's just, it's never ending. And, you know, I can't sleep at night anymore. My brain just explodes with this stuff. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible how like just, just using one tool just to save like, I don't know, two minutes or so, but suddenly it's at scale. So you scale that up to the number of people you're trying to contact, the number of people you've got on your team doing that communications. Well, it's just the time saved is absolutely ridiculous. So I think I'm, I'm quite, uh, quite, I'm quite for AI. I know there's a lot of skepticism around it and, you know, there's various worries about bits and pieces, but I think if used correctly, and, you know, it, it, it's just, it's only going to, to help us to, to do better stuff. Do you know what I mean? So um, just speaking there as, you know, of the, the scale of things, obviously with B2B marketing as well, as well as, as B2C, you know, um, something that we leverage quite often is, you know, fostering relationships with our, our prospects and our customers and that sort of thing. So my next question to you is this, if... AI tools like ChatGPT and MidJourney are being widely leveraged by you know, thousands of companies who are now generating this stuff. How do we keep our content and campaigns individual and personalized, but that scale? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll jump in on, on this one, Rory, and give a first take. So I'm really conflicted, right? Because going back to that point around mediocrity and commoditizing everything we do, um, I think it's meant that like average has just got higher you know people have a a really good average but there is something innately powerful and and not everything is logical and that's the problem with this if i said to you a campaign like uh what was it phil collins the monkey cadbury's right that was that transformed the trajectory of the cadbury's brand that was in steep decline um, there isn't a logical reason why a monkey, a Phil Collins song, uh, would ever have that profound impact on a media plan. So I, I look at that and go, there's, there's something intuitive about human intelligence that I think there's a gap to, to be bridged between um, any of these creative tools and suites. So this is why I say I'm conflicted. Do I think for most businesses, and do I think most businesses will do great marketing with all these tools? Probably not, because great marketing starts with knowing exactly what you want, knowing exactly how people behave, knowing how to tell great stories. And I am, I, I am, there are, you can optimize your way so far. Um, however, I just think the, the art of B2B marketing or just marketing more broadly is still requires um, still a, a discipline of fundamentals as much as anything else. Do I think a future state where I'm completely wrong and AI can do everything I can? Absolutely. How far? That's the you know that's the the big question right now. Rory, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, look, I'd love AI to be you know essentially like me be Tony Stark in the lab and like you know, <laughs> talk to Jarvis and like do this, do this, you know, create this. And it'd be a finished product. But I don't think 
like to Oliver's point, I don't think it's there yet. Like, could it be in, in you know, a year? Maybe. But I tend to think of it as like the 75% rule. I'm not going to use the 80-20 rule. I'm going to use the 75%. Like, you can push the tool to 75%. If that can get the, the grunt work done, and then you can have the human polish it off and make it better. To me, that's where the time like delta is. And that's where this stuff can really live. Because I, you know, we really want to, we really want to help the best people in our company be better. I'm not trying to replace anybody. I don't want, I don't want this to be like, you know, oh, AI is going to come in and take every graphic designer's job. To me, the best people to use a tool like Midjourney are graphic designers. They know the terminology. They know how to structure things. They know how things should look visually. So giving them that just amplifies their powers and also takes away certain, you know, remedial tasks that are really like soul suck. Let's be honest, like removing a background from a photo five years ago used to take an hour. You know, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to, you know, create all these little key points, delete it, do like all the, you know, all the filtering and editing to like, you know, curve the edges to make sure the light hits it right. Now it's just an AI tool. You plug it in and go. Are we, are we really upset about that? Like, are we upset that that tool exists? You know what I mean? So it's just, again, trying to find different places to amplify where, where everyone is already using their powers creatively. And, you know, they can really start to get the robot work out of humans, let the robots do the robot work and leave that open for strategy and creativity. Cause I think we're going to be able to really expand with the capabilities that we have now, once we get out of this, like, like robotic task of using Excel sheet for, you know, we have to put this, it takes a lot of time. So yeah, I just, uh, I think we're on a, on an interesting track here, but I think everyone's got to uh, think about it the right way. Cause it can definitely be taken the other direction. You know, where it's just like, let's just do this for finished products. And to Oliver's point, the mediocrity, that is 100% a a fact. Like, I see it. You see it online. You see the, you see, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I see people writing posts. I know it's ChatGPT. You know, like, very obvious. If you have an emoji in the middle of your paragraph, like, you you wouldn't put that there. So, yeah, I mean, the, the bar has been set a little bit higher now. But I also think that's good for the people in our industry. I think it's good for the creatives. I think it's good for the innovators and like the visionaries, because you're still going to be a leg up. You just have better tools. <laughs> you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And to all of us, but again, it's, it's based on people who have a fundamental understanding of that industry, that element of that platform anyway. So no, it absolutely stands that. Um, can you tell us of any superhero worthy stories where companies skillfully applied AI in their marketing and got quantifiable rewards from it at all? Have you seen any excellent uh, examples of campaigns or such? Yeah, pr- probably in terms of campaigns, what, what you're seeing is um, the best user case haven't actually been necessarily completely AI driven. So the work I see, my, my favorite ad probably this year, I don't know if you've seen this, it's the, um, I believe it's Orange and it's for the Women's World Cup. I have <laughs> seen it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, and it steers into, it's just timing is perfect. Context is perfect. It steers into all human bias. You know, it's a really powerful, emotive message, undertone. The execution's beautiful. And that's just like great marketing that they've used. And as I say, they've used the perception of tools, but it's actually carefully constructed using platforms that have AI capabilities. Um so, yeah, that's probably the best user case I've seen in, in pure thoroughbred marketing. In terms of workflow, I think it's transcending every organization right now. You know, my, I was speaking with our, our CFO and he was telling me about when 
uh, Excel came, you know, Microsoft Excel was invented. And he said he took the work of 40 people and did it himself. Like that was the truth of what financial reporting in a large organization used to be. And that then took 10, 15 years of adoption. The organizations were still grappling with Excel. So in one sentence, I go, this is going to move really quickly, faster than anyone expects. But things also move slowly. It seems paradoxical, but it's kind of true when you think of adjustments to change. And so so um, I think we're going to start to see more companies from a process standpoint use it. Have I seen amazing AI-only generated advertising campaigns yet? Probably not. And I, I don't think we're going to be there for a while. But I think companies are all facing the same mandate in a tough economic climate is we need to do more with less. And you only have two options there. You get more productive or you get a hell of a more creative. And I think these tools can do an aid with both of those things. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Rory, examples of some superhero worthy ad campaigns you've seen perhaps? It's actually, it's the simplicity of it, like really attracted me was I saw, I saw an ad. I don't know if I actually saw it in real life or if I saw it on the internet. It's all blending together now at this point. Right. But it was a, it was an ad for for Big Mac from McDonald's, and it was just a Chat GPT output that was you know it would and it would explain either it explained what the Big Mac was or the history of the Big Mac, and then they color coded it to be like you know they had the burger patties, the cheese, the lettuce, the tomato, or the the onion, and I was just like it's so simple and it relates to just about you know a good portion of the of the population right now who's just experiencing Chat GPT, and it was mm-hmm. simple enough not be like a mega prompt it was just like one little line like explain the big mac and then bang and it just looked to me that was so well crafted and well timed and just like would hit the audience not i'm not gonna go buy a burger from it but i'm gonna remember it you know so it's uh to me that was interesting and i think it was very the simplicity of it really makes you know that that's the human element i think like that's if you can distill it down that far you know we don't start with this crazy massive idea flashing lights crazy guy characters all this stuff very simple just the one simple text output so yeah that one that one hit me and i was like they know like they get it and i, I appreciate that stuff yeah I, I saw that campaign as well I, I think i saw a variation on it as well that was like i think the prompt was describe an iconic burger or something and then something it like goes that. well despite there you know there are other competitors but the big mac does that yeah it was it, that i was impressed by that one as well um Okay, so we, we've explored like some uh, yeah, some campaigns, some marketing that other people have done that you enjoyed. What's your what's the best thing or your favorite thing, at least, that you've created using AI? And and would you have gotten there without it, Oliver? Let's come to you. Yeah, probably my my favorite thing is um, my business partner has a, a big podcast, and we were speaking to uh, Spotify, and Spotify said, "What's the biggest blocker?" for international growth, and we were discussing that with them, and they said language. You'd expect one of the biggest blockers in any content format to, is, is a language barrier. Um, so, so we embarked on a journey to, to sort of create an automation agent where we can synthesize his voice with one tool. We can use another tool to then recreate that, um, and we can now translate into every major language, every podcast, that is now delivered. And that's a, a, an automation agent that we built in-house. And I go, okay, something that would have come at great expense, something that wouldn't have been possible um, in the same way for 
at least six months ago is now possible and we can do it at scale at a very low cost. So that for me is like really transformative. And then across the business, as I said, we've, we've really focused on workflow. Our creative teams, our insight teams can do so much more with less. And to Rory's point earlier, it's always been about focusing on things that are A, more enjoyable, um, B, more fulfilling, C, have more impact. This is what we've been focusing our efforts. And I, I think a consequence, if AI is used correctly, you have happier, healthier, better teams that deliver just better results, right? A hundred percent. What you've actually, incredibly, Oliver, what you've done is you've made me realize that, you know, um, the conversations you have in the pub or whatever, and people say, oh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? My answer has always been, I would love to be able to speak every language on the planet. So what you've done is you've actually manifested my own personal superpower wish. So congratulations on that. Yeah, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but a really interesting one that came out of Google. So Google's, uh, one of Google's large language models um, that is the foundation for Google Translate. They were doing some testing and this model hadn't been trained on certain languages. And they did a, they did a pilot test and found out, and they call it emergent properties. And effectively, the model had taught itself Bengali, never been trained to speak Bengali. And it had taught it, and they couldn't explain why. These are leading pioneers, you know, 75% of the deep tech AI talent exists within Google's walls. And they couldn't explain why. <laughs> <laughs> language model had learned Bengali. So that, you know, gives you a bit of a, a taste for the future. What's, what's going to come? That's phenomenal. I love that story. That's so good. Uh, Rory, your best, your favorite thing you've created with AI. Could you have gotten there without it? Probably not. I mean, it's, 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 you know, absolutely not. I mean, that's really the answer. Um, there's a, there's a ton of things. I mean, I, like I said, I tend to, I'm a tinkerer, right? Like I'm a, I'm a very, I get into something and my, I am a hundred percent and I apologize for the yard work that's going on in the background. I hope it's not screwing <laughs> up the, the recording here. Of course, New York, right? There's You're all good. You're all good. Out. Um, but yeah, there's actually, you know, what's been interesting is I've had a lot of conversations recently. It's mostly been focused on business and professional use. Now, I think what is interesting to me is that what we're using it for is almost like the exact opposite of like what's going on in the educational side. So like on the education and like, kids that are coming up with this, right? They're going to be the generation that uses it like to its full potential. Like we're just, you know, we're just kicking it off. They're going to be living with it. So mm. I've been, I've been having conversations with teachers who I think it's interesting that people even reach out to me for that, but like creative ways that they're using it and how I've, you know, basically collaborated with some of them in a very small sense. I'm not going to take credit for anything that they produce. They're just trying to figure out how to use the tools to then like apply their lesson plans. So like, for example, you know, instead of, you know, just here's go write a paper on Benjamin Franklin, right? Mm. The, someone I've spoken to, AP history teacher, does a little bit of journalism um, was basically like, let's instead of write a paper on Benjamin Franklin, let's create a mock interview on ChatGPT with Benjamin Franklin. So you know how to like the critical thinking skills come in of how to actually conduct an interview, what type of questions to ask, you know, how to drive the conversation. And then you can put a piece together from your interview. And now, you know, now we're writing like an actual real world example of what a paper would be. You know what I mean? It's not just a, an essay that's lifeless that you'll forget next year, you know, or mm -hmm. maybe in next week. This is like, oh, I did this 
cool project one time where I talked to Ben Franklin and then I went to mid journey and I created, you know, photorealistic images of him, like during the interview. And then we made a whole news article. So I'm like, that's just to me, that stuff is super cool. Talking to moms and dads, like who ask about things that they can do with their kids. You know, oh, I, I wanted to create a coloring book. So I created a coloring book for them on mid journey, or, you know, I've been using them to help bring their school projects to life. Cause I just, I think that hasn't been discussed a lot and figured out like really how the academic and like, uh, academic world is gonna like deal with this. I think a lot of people are just like, it's bad. We need to shut it down. Well, it's not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not done. Like it's not, we're not going to turn it off tomorrow. So the whole industry is going to have to adapt. So I think, you know, not to go off on a crazy tangent, but I think, you know, we're playing on the superhero thing here too. A lot of the, a lot of the powers and a lot of the inter- like interesting origin stories start as really smart kids who are, you know, getting access to tools and figuring out how to use tools and tinkering. So there's got to be some sort of trajectory there too, because we're professionally using it, which I love and it's great. I just think there's got to be this because there's going to be that transition to the workforce, right? And they're going to be way ahead. And they're also going to be learning in a very different way. So it's going to be an interesting time frame. I hope I didn't go too far off, uh, too far off topic there. No, you're all good. Rory, Oliver, I, I could chat to you guys for, for hours and hours about AI. I, I am going to start to wrap things up here, despite the fact you've offered some incredible value and insights to our audience. Um, I will come back to you for one final question to end our conversation. Uh, gents, we have navigated so many different techniques to beat back the time terror and boost our productivity. So thank you for your collective efforts. If I could just ask the both of you for one final top tip that you would like everybody watching this to take away from our conversation today, what would that top tip be? Oliver, we'll start with you. I only have one um, leaning. Most of these tools are free or freemium. Just lean in that's all that's the only advice i have fantastic stuff thank you very much rory what's your final thought you'd like to leave our audience with today keep it fun like you know this is a this is a crazy time it's not it's not anything we're used to but like you know if you can if you can engage your team in certain ways and you guys can have fun with these tools like we do daily prompts in our you know on our team in our slack channel just like outrageous stuff just to see what you can produce like that keeps it light. You know, that also gets us a little bit better without having to, to be so serious about it all the time. So me, you know, that's how I look at life just in general. I got to keep it fun, especially why the lawnmower is just blasting me in the background. <laughs> Boy, I apologize. <laughs> no, you're absolutely all good. That That is definitely something I'm going to suggest to uh, to my team for meetings is the, the daily prompt challenge. That's wonderful, that one. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for sharing your B2B superpowers with us today. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Well, there we go. Oliver Yonchev and Rory Flynn on using AI to tackle time terror and boost productivity. Thanks again to Oliver and Rory for joining me and thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Essential B2B podcast wherever you get your podcast and give us a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week with another episode of Essential B2B. Essential B2B.